Hello and welcome to DreamPod Studios, where we share stories of dreamers and doers from around the world. I'm your host, Sakif Chaudhary, and I hope you're all having an amazing day and are excited for the brand new season that we are launching today. If you have been following us for some time, you'll notice that there have been some changes. For one, the podcast is no longer called The Sakif and Stephen Show, which ran for three seasons and nearly 30 episodes since the start of 2018. The past year was rather difficult to keep the podcast running on a regular schedule. I was based in Canada and Stephen in Singapore, so that meant we were 12 hours apart. That, coupled with the fact that our work schedules were also very different, made it much harder. So we had to figure out a way forward if we wanted to continue doing this. Sadly, Stephen had decided to step down for now, and I figured it was a good time and a good opportunity to revamp this podcast. The goal behind DreamPod Studios remained the same. I want to continue sharing the inspiring stories of people who are pursuing their passions and chasing their dreams. I've also done up a website now, www.dreampodstudios.com, where I hope to put all the show notes, transcripts. You can also check out past offline events we have done and future ones that's scheduled. I also wanted to add a visual touch to the episodes as much as possible. So in addition to the audio recording, you'll find bite-sized video recordings of the guests sharing their stories and key highlights from the sessions. You can find these on Facebook and Instagram at instagram.com slash dreampodstudios and facebook.com slash dreampodstudios. Now that brings us to today, our first guests for season four, Sufi and Nadia. I first met Sufi back in 2013 when we were both training to become firefighters as part of our national service. Over the years, we have kept in touch on and off through Instagram and I would often see him post stories and pictures, videos of... uh, his wife's business, El Nadia. That got me curious and I wanted to find out more. start off with you guys just telling telling me a little bit about yourselves what do you guys do i'm sufi and this is nadia so basically Nadia is a uh, fashion brand El nadia was founded by her uh, nadia and it started off from her passion for sewing she sewed um, our wedding dress and uh, our wedding <laughs> outfit <laughs> our dress yeah our wedding outfit and from there it turned into a business with her passion for bunting so we've been doing this for how many years since 2017. 2017, yeah. that's about three years now. Uh, basically, the brains of El Nadia is actually her, mm. with all her designs and and how she started off. How do you get inspired by Batik? <coughs> Very key inspirations for Batik. Mm, it's uh, from my background actually. Like, my grandmother wears Batik and, and gradually I I love the patterns of batik and it doesn't, it has a really unique uh, design and also colourful. So yeah, that's how I really love um, batik. And how about you? I really like batik. Uh, I, got, I got influenced by her basically. <laughs> so before this, I wasn't such a batik enthusiast until I learned more about it and how it's created. So with mm. all the prints, I think the world needs a little bit of colour. Because it's getting more boring if you just plain clothes. Could you tell me a little more about the origins of Batik? 
Okay, for the origins of batik, um, it's been debated a lot whether mm-hmm. it's from um, Africa or other parts of the world like China. It's been one of the most prominent artwork mm-hmm. in Indonesia batik. We have three different types of batik that we can categorize as printing, uh, chap and tulis. For the first batik, real batik is a batik chap and also batik tulis. Um, batik chap is a stamping process and the batik tulis is a handwritten. The batik is actually just a printing batik. So it's not it's not really like a real batik and batik means um, using a Dot. Um, yeah, yeah, using a using dot. dots. Uh, they call it batik from the word titik. So it's basically done by waxing and then they they wash. Yeah, they, they use a chanting uh, a tool called chanting. Yeah. So they actually draw um draw a pattern using a wax. Yeah, and then they actually dye it after that. For the batik stamping, they actually have a like a block of picture and then they will stem on it using a wax as well and then after that they will they will also dye it. How's the market for batik in Singapore? Market for batik in Singapore, uh, last year and the previous year the trend for batik has been on the rise and um, a lot of people are now more uh, educated on batik but appreciation of batik is on another matter itself mm-hmm. uh, but awareness is there. With Covid itself um, Everything's starting to slow down, mm. even for batik. Um, all the um, big brands of batik, yeah. Mm. But so far on our side, we managed to adapt, and we have been producing. She mm. has been like the batik master mask. <laughs> mask right now, face mask. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all made with the batik fabrics, and yeah, the yeah. off cut of the, from mm. the apparels. Mm. How about before the mask? Like, how were you using the, the scrap? remaining cloths? Yeah. For all the off-cuts, the scrap, the fabric scrap that I have, I didn't throw it. I'm a hoarder. I like to keep it. And then I will make it into accessories, like a, uh, earrings. And then we also have scrunchies. I make a lot of scrunchies over here. It's kind of cute. And then for the mend, I have a men's style. What's like a typical day in your life like? On a typical day for me is just assisting her once in a while like cutting the fabric um, and maybe opening the fabric or cutting the threads. You know, cutting all the or, stickers. Oh, uh, also like sending the items for mail. Uh, so that that's my job on a daily basis some days but other than that I have my own job um, and I try to help out when I can. Typically on a day, I wake up and then I will see my emails, is there any order? Um, and then I will start to pack the item and then um, and then after that, um, I will ask him to go to mail my items. Other than that, uh, when uh, some of the orders is a pre-order, so when they order, I have to make it. And then that's where I have to cut all the fabrics and start to customize the item. So she does all the main stuff like the sewing and the webs updating the website and all the online stuff. Updating the yeah, stocks. Updating the stocks and all this. <laughs> um, for me, more mostly it's like I help her out with the designs, like um, her collaterals, her stickers, prints, packaging. Mm. Yeah.
This sounds to me like an actual full-time job, but the truth is you actually have your own actual full-time job. So yeah. how are you balancing that or like what keeps you going? At the start, it was um, tough because we had to um, create a system. Mm-hmm. So the system of like our, how the process goes like from the beginning of getting the fabric, um, drawing out the templates and mm. uh, how I say, cut and sew. So... Right? Yeah, and then yeah. after she sews, where is she going to uh, package? How is she going to package her product? Mm. Uh, how her logo is going to be? Where is it going to be? And all those things. So, um, it took quite a while, about one year, just to settle down on our system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, once you get the hang of it, and then um, myself, I will continue to have another job. Mm. So, it's it's kind of like, um, like this is my part-time, and then I have a... I have another job as well. If she has to sew um, multiple orders, like in mm. the hundreds, uh, she'll be doing that probably throughout the whole week, every day, every hour. Mm. Yeah, from it's like when I have a lot of uh, orders and then I'll get panicked, like, <gasps> I need time, you know? And then I will just have to tell my... Uh, I have to reschedule my work. As an entrepreneur, it's always tough, right? Like what are you guys saying? Was there any time, um, maybe not like where you felt like giving up and you thought maybe this is not the way to go well i do sometimes like thinking of uh, giving up but um but i don't know it's just passion so passion keeps you going you know keeps keeps you alive as well so if you don't if i stop sewing then i'll feel like something is missing yeah just believe never give up and it will be worth it what do you think are some attributes that entrepreneurs um should have in order to succeed? I think for entrepreneurs to succeed is um, the mindset. Like she mentioned, Nadia mentioned that uh, you shouldn't give up. But at the same time, um, you should find people to work with instead of uh, pushing them away. Um, and keep an open mind mm-hmm. and to learn. Always keep on learning. That's, that's the most important about um, being an entrepreneur. Because from her, she started out without um, uh, without any knowledge of business um, uh, and when she was exposed to her own business she started out she had to learn her own finance mm. how to manage logistics um, uh, timeline packaging and, and slowly she grew so as an entrepreneur you will learn um, every single day uh, throughout your business yeah. yeah so basically like no fear just go and don't plan for too long yeah you have to start yeah. You have to start it. Then you will you will learn along the way. You will learn your mistake. Yeah. Mm. Since starting this till now, like maybe, how have you seen yourself growing? I think for me, I grew uh, more in the uh, during the event side. <laughs> I think it grew more towards the um, events that uh, at the El Nadia participates in. Um, our first event, we were very nervous, like we don't know what to expect, what to do, mm. uh, who's gonna come and buy our products. Uh, is there a market for our products? Now we are more yeah. confident. Yeah, now we're very confident to enter uh, to be part of an event to yeah. sell our products and also market, and um, we have it easier.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so nervous when we had our first event. Like, oh. what item to bring? You know, should should we bring this rack yeah. <laughs> for our items? How many racks do we need? Yeah. How many tables? But now it's like, okay, okay. I, I think we don't need any racks. <laughs> or maybe we don't even need a table. So yeah, you just so need this, this, and this. Yeah. Alright, just pack and go. Yeah. And in terms of um customer relationship, uh, relationship and um selling online, we have grown. Yeah. Mm, yeah. We. Yeah, our operations are more, uh, are much more smoother, mm. and uh, yeah, we we are expanding slowly, mm-hmm. and adding more stuff to make it interesting for people. That's how we've grown. Yeah. How about as a couple? Because not everyone can just work together. Was it an easy thing right. to do, or something you had to navigate? Mm-hmm. So, I have a little advice for you. If you want to start a business with a husband, don't. <laughs> <laughs> So far, so good mm. with him. I think because um, of the skills that we have, it just complements the business itself. Mm. Yeah, for me, I'm, I do de- design, and she does design as well. But hers is on more on fabric, and mine on digital. So both of us yeah. um, are able to complement in terms of our daily operations. In terms of events wise, I have backgrounds in events, and mm. when she has her own event, she comes up with her own ideas, and I will execute what she wants. Mm. So actually, it's quite a good combo. Yeah, but it can for be us. quite yeah for us, <laughs> uh, but it not it might not be for everyone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and most of the time, as a husband, just try not to get involved too much. You know, <laughs> yeah, try to stay away so that she don't <laughs> at you. you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Along the way, um, we had a bit of um, how should I say like uh, negative um, vibes from people about us creating a business. You know. Like, uh, not everyone is open to going out of their comfort zone. And, yeah, we, we, we had to ignore all those and just proceed and just go, like she mentioned. Yeah, just proceed yeah. to what we yeah. like to do. Yeah. I think it's one of the messages for young and new entrepreneurs is that um, don't um, listen to what people have to say sometimes. Yeah, um, What you feel is right and what you want to do, just do it. Yeah, mm. yeah. Don't, don't, don't keep following people and end up not doing what you want to do. Yeah. I think mm. in, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you cannot be in a comfort zone. Eh? Yeah, and you have yeah. to go out. To step out of that circle that you are in and just do it. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of energy there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you balance that time? Like, I know you talked about time management, mm. but you talked about time management with your uh, part-time job and you mm. know this job. Mm. But how do you balance your time with your family, social. Yeah, your social yeah. life? And, and also as a couple, as a husband and wife, how do you... Mm. I think for me and her, um, how we balance our um, family life is um, when we have time, we will visit our families. We are mm-hmm. very close with our family, so they understand what we're doing, and we understand um, what they are doing. So it's not it's, it's they they know that sometimes some days we are just very busy and we are unable to make time for them. But when we do have time, we will give our best for them. Mm. In terms of um, ourselves, um, our time is actually traveling. Yeah, both of us mm. will just um, have a goal at, at the end of the day is um, throughout the whole busy month maybe five months down the road we plan to have like a big road trip you know mm. uh, that's our time for ourselves uh, we actually spend more time traveling than um, when we are in Singapore tell me where your some travels oh, I think travels? I think we've been to over 20 countries 20 countries and multiple states and one day we decided to actually do a four months road trip uh, um, round the world travel, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
So it it that was a lot of commitment. It was really a lot of commitment. Yeah, I think. it's like saving money for another wedding. <laughs> yeah, yep. And uh, I think it took us two years, two years to two save. Two years to save. Yeah, and yeah. during the travel, right? Um, Elnada is still ongoing. Um, my sister helped me out just to pack the stuff and uh, send it out. Yeah, yeah, that's so it's generating income mm. while we're traveling. Mm. Most of us we have goals say, hey, I want to one day travel like full yeah. time or mm. do a round yeah. world trip. But you guys actually diligently saved up, made sure you know you're saving up yeah. properly for two years, and then did that. You know, like yeah. left your stuff, went out there and did it. Mm. It um it was also another difficult decision like the business itself. Like mm-hmm. we had a lot of friends telling us, why do you have to go and travel? You know, you should save your money for the house. You should <laughs> save the money for the when you have a kid. You know. Cannot waste your money, you know. And then what about your job? Um, some people are very negative about the decisions we make, but we didn't regret. But it's worth it. You have to really just step out of your comfort zone, right? Yeah. What is this comfort zone? Comfort zone is you get a job. Um, you get married. married. <laughs> you get you a house. Kids. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, kids. Kids. House, get a house. Buy a car. You know, and, and <laughs> like like for us, this is what we say to our friends. Like, can you tell me something when you're fifty years old? What do you do? 50, what have you done? What have you done? <laughs> I mean, okay, just put it this way. Let's say you have a kid, and now you're fifty years old, and your kid asks you, um, "Daddy, what did you do before when you were young?" So, what is the story that you're gonna tell? Is this something that you wanna teach them? What do you learn throughout their forty years? Can be, oh, I, I learned in an office that eight to five is the standard office time. I go to lunch at twelve o'clock. You know, it's mm-hmm. like. Like the um, ends coming out for lunch. Oh, everybody! So you you can't be. Is, is that how you're gonna live your life? That that is the only question. Is it? Are you are you satisfied with it? It's life experiences that you can share with them. That you can tell. Hey, you gotta switch off your mindset of this man. This is not. Um, life is not like this. You know, when you go to other countries, um, it's different. It's different. You know, you don't. What you think is a. It's actually A to Z in another country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so you have to be open-minded. Yeah. And yeah, you have to be don't open. Don't be afraid. It doesn't apply to just um, our business. It doesn't apply to travel. I think it applies to everything that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, it's are you happy with what you're doing? Seeing you do the work you do, mm-hmm. what does it mean for your family members as well? Oh, my fa- our family members are actually it's excited. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like a excited. success yeah. uh, to them as well. Yeah. Because like, my family did business back then, and mm. her family did business back then, and they stopped because they got tired. Mm. And then when we started to do our own business, they were so excited, they were very supportive, mm-hmm. both of our families. And apparently, our um, parents are actually like best friends with each other. <laughs> they go travel together. She's very so close. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of funny sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, and they get like really excited when we have an event, and they keep on asking. Also, when is your next event? Because yeah. they want to participate in the events you know actually we're supposed to have an event in canada and they were so excited and you know like the whole family wants to follow us yeah. <laughs> so yeah. i think that's so important though, that kind of support yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for those guys who are the next generation right in your family um seeing you guys doing this stuff what does it mean for them for us we would we we start to teach them mm-hmm. about business about life yeah, at like that age, you know, marketing like, but, yeah. finance yeah, yeah. Uh, some of my cousins uh, just started a business and they they followed me on instagram and they would keep on asking me how how yeah. to do this and that even mm. for my little sister when she was in primary school 
we told her to we we taught her how to do business so she started with some slime thing you know like the kids love this kind of thing and she 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 developed a a, a business sense what we were taught uh, during our generation is to go to school uh, study get a good job that's it be a doctor be a lawyer when we are older ourselves we realize that when they are young we should be teaching them real skills Yeah. School is Thank because we understand life now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Stay tuned for next week for another episode of Dreampod Studios. Be sure to give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to us on Spotify to stay updated on the latest episodes.